Charismatic, passionate, has integrity, humble, servant, faithful, inspiring, persevering, positive, flexible, driven. This is who we are that call ourselves leaders. Helping business leaders grow themselves, their team, and their profits. This is the Entree Leadership Podcast. Now, here is your host, Ken Coleman. Coming to you from the Music City, this is the podcast of leaders, by leaders, and for leaders. I'm Ken Coleman, thrilled to be with you. You can connect with us on Twitter at Entree Leadership. Email us, podcast at EntreeLeadership.com. Very excited to have my colleague, Christy Wright, in studio with us today. Miss Christy, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. She is the captain of our feature conversation this episode. She sat down recently with Carmine Gallo, the author of Talk Like Ted. This is a fantastic book. We'll talk more about that later. And also coming up, we have another freebie for you as it relates to the content a bonus that we're going to give you a little lesson from John Falcons and Christy we're giving away more books five of these books from Carmine Gallo stay tuned for all of those details but if you have not heard of Christy Wright you need to uh, she joins us at all of our entree leadership events and speaks on stage it's always a privilege to hear you and I know this particular topic really resonated with you it did, and it was interesting because I read the book because I'm a public speaker. Absolutely. This is what I do professionally. And so I thought this is going to give me great tips on how to be a better presenter, use some of these tactics he talks about that are so successful on the TED stages that go viral. But what was so interesting to me is how applicable this content is for our leaders. And in every chapter and with every tip, he talks about how you can apply this, whether you're talking one-on-one or one to five people, or if you're influencing 5,000. And really, our leaders are in the business of influencing. We're always trying to influence our ideas, get sales, impact, get buy-in. And really, if we can't present those ideas well, we're not going to be able to be an effective leader. As we record today, Christy, later this afternoon, we will head out to Dayton, Ohio. You'll be on stage tomorrow morning, and you talk about balance. And it's such a powerful talk. You really get how to connect with people on stage. One quick just tease takeaway from the conversation that you had with Carmine? I would say storytelling. Mm. When I get off stage, many people come up to me and they say, I feel like you just told stories the whole time, but I got the message. And that's what entertains people. It engages them. And one of the things he talks about in the book is that when you tell stories, the listener's brain is actually activated in the same manner that yours as the speaker is. So we have an incredible power through story to make people feel what we feel to get the message and it makes it stick you tell great stories and folks if you've <laughs> never been to an entree leadership event uh you got to get to one and hope that she tells her fainting goat story okay that's all i'm going to say i don't want to give any more away but christy you are a great storyteller and I, I must tell you you brought this book to our attention you know you you brought this to us several weeks ago you said this book is phenomenal i'm all over it and i want to do it. and so we're so thrilled uh that you got to conduct this conversation because you folks listen get out the pen and paper and get ready to take some notes because Chrissy does a wonderful job leading us through this. Now, before we tee it up, and it's coming to you in just seconds, I want to mention one other big giant giveaway we're doing. We've been talking about the Entree Leadership Summit, this great event we've got coming to you next May. We'll tell you more about it, but we've got the big giveaway. Uh, the grand poobah of all things Entree Leadership, Daniel Tardy, will be stopping by later in the podcast to announce the winner. So don't fast forward or check out if you have entered to win there. So let's get right to this. The book is Talk Like Ted. Best-selling author Carmine Gallo really does a phenomenal job. And you're going to love this conversation with Christy and Carmine. 
Carmine, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, talk with me today. I'm a huge fan of your book, Talk Like Ted, the most recent one that you wrote. But you've also written another best-selling book, The Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs. And so both of these books are really interesting in that they're very specific to public speaking and presentations, and they're very unique, and you offer a lot of great tips. Tell me a little bit about what made you want to write these books and specifically Talk Like Ted. Well, thanks, Christy. I'm a communication nut and public speaking nut. I mean, I just, I love everything about communication. I've been studying it for about 25 years, and I work as a communication coach. So I work with executives to help them develop their their messages and their presentation style. I think the best way to learn how to become a better public speaker, how to become a better presenter, is to learn from the best. And there is no question, I'm sure all of your listeners agree with this, that, that Steve Jobs was one of the most, if not the most, astonishing business presenter of our time. So I wrote that book, Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs. That became an international bestseller, so I knew there was a definitely a, a demand for this type of content. Uh, but where do you go from there, Christy? Who, who, you know, name, right. It's really hard <laughs> to name one person who's better than Steve Jobs or who can take a presentation to a next level. But there is a, uh, the organization TED, TED Talks, have become so popular around the world that I really wanted to capture what is it about these 18-minute talks. Many of them are just presentations. Some of them are just built in PowerPoint. What is it about these talks that make them go viral, you know, that, that really make them connect with their audiences in 18 minutes? And uh, I'm, I'm glad you're a fan because I, I think we nailed it. Well, what I love about this book, too, and, and I obviously, it hit the nail on the head for me because I speak professionally. But what I love is every example that you give relates not only to speaking professionals, but it really relates to just your average business leader or anyone that's trying to influence anyone else in any way. And so oh, what's, what's so great is yeah. you give practical steps that will help people in any area of business. And that's our leaders. Our leaders are entrepreneurs. They're sales professionals. They're running small businesses. And so they're trying constantly to influence others. And one of the great lines in the very beginning of the book is you say, ideas are only as good as the actions that follow the communication of those ideas. And so we may have some of the most brilliant ideas in our listeners' minds, but if we can't get them to communicate them, then they're not going to be effective. So tell me a little bit about, kind of, you start out talking about passion, and you actually talk about how science shows that passion is contagious, literally, um, and we cannot inspire others unless we're inspired ourselves. So tell me a little bit about passion and how our business leaders can use that in their in their communication? Well, I have never met an inspiring leader who isn't abundantly passionate about his or her uh, product, company, content, or topic. Passion is one of those words that people think, oh, passion, that means he wants me to be like Tony Robbins, rah, 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 you know, type of passion. (laughs) It it doesn't just mean how you behave, okay? It doesn't mean uh, how gregarious or outgoing you are. That's not exactly what I mean by passion. A passion is you got to dig deep to identify what is it about your product or your service that you're passionate about. And what I found, what I have found from interviewing uh, many of the, the great entrepreneurs of our time is that they're passionate about so much more than the product itself. And that's what makes them interesting. A uh, true story uh, about maybe 10 years ago or a little less, maybe eight years ago, uh, I had a huge revelation in communication, in the way I think about communication. I interviewed Howard Schultz for the first time, founder of Starbucks. And Schultz, in a two-hour conversation, rarely mentioned the word coffee, but he used the word passion almost every other word. 
Oh, if, wow. you, if you look at my transcript, in other words, he's wearing it on a sleeve. But when you ask him, what is it that you're passionate about? It's not the coffee. He's passionate about customer service. He's passionate about employee engagement. He, he goes so there's so much more meaning behind what he's passionate about than just the physical product that he sells. And here's the line. Here's the one quote that I think all of our listeners can take away from today. Howard Schultz told me, Carmine, coffee is uh, the product that we sell. Coffee is the product that we sell, but it is not the business that we're in. Oh, wow. That's yeah, good. so you have to, as an entrepreneur and as, as a, someone who wants to get across their ideas passionately, what we mean by passion is dig deep and identify what is the true connection to your product or service and how is it going to help the lives of your customers. And that's how passion is going to connect with people. I think that's really good, and especially for our entrepreneurs or those that are looking to create a startup. You have an example in your book where you talk about investors actually ranked entrepreneurs' potential based on 13 different criteria, and passion or perceived passion came in third, which actually came in above education, startup experience, or age, which is a really important piece of knowledge for them to have that you can't underestimate, as you said, the importance of this, that how people perceive you, your confidence, your passion, is going to affect possible opportunities for you in the future. It has real results attached to it. You mentioned the science behind it, and everything I did, I tried to find the science behind why this works. And you and I intuitively know that you have to be a passionate, uh, passionate communicator, uh, but they're studying mood, con- it's called mood contagion, that's what the academics call it. Okay. Uh, and they're studying this at the University of Minnesota, and they're finding that when you encounter someone who you perceive, that's what we mean by perceived passion, when you perceive someone who is abundantly passionate uh, and, and joyful about their topic, that it actually significantly changes the way you look at that opportunity or that person. Wow, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is contagious, literally. That's, that's amazing, and it's such an important point for us to start off on. You spend a lot of time in this book talking about storytelling, and this is one of my favorite chapters, especially because I've experienced this in my own uh, five-year speaking career, that stories are so effective. But you actually have some real research on this as well, in addition to what we intuitively know, that brain scans show that stories actually stimulate and engage, uh, helping the speaker connect with the audience, and then what causes there is that the audience is more likely to agree with the speaker. So tell me just a little bit about the power of storytelling and how this is so important regardless of what business you're in. I'm a journalist. So storytelling has always been natural to me. And I always, again, sort of intuitively understood the power of story. But there's science behind it again, uh, which is great because sometimes you have to give people evidence. Princeton University, uh, I interviewed a professor named uh, Yuri Hassan, who's, I guess, one of the foremost, I didn't know this at the time, but he's become one of the foremost uh, neuroscientists in the area of persuasion and storytelling. And it's fascinating stuff. I mean, it's real hardcore academic, you know. <laughs> uh, but when you actually analyze what he's doing, what they do is they put people on brain scans, you know, and they're studying blood flow and all that on MRI machines. And they're finding that when, if I tell you a story, especially if I tell you a personal story, the same regions, the same areas of our brain light up. Okay, there's more blood flow to those areas, and he, and he showed me the pictures of this. If I were to tell you, Christy, the same story, exactly the same story, in a different language, in a language you didn't understand, it wouldn't have the same effect. So it, it's the stories that connect us to one another. 
Uh, and if you watch some of the most famous TED Talks, and uh, I, I watched 500 of them for Talk Like TED, not all of them great, by the way, not all of them great, but if you see some of the most viral ones and the ones that are the most popular, you'll find that almost all of them begin with stories, mm-hmm. or stories make up anywhere from 65 to 70% of the content, right. the personal stories. Well, and it's amazing, too. That was one of my favorite parts of your book. I highlighted it where you talk about research shows personal stories actually cause the brains of the storyteller and the listener to sync up. And I think they described it as brain coupling. And so simply <laughs> yeah, by... Yeah, I call it sync up. Sync up. I like that. It's brain yeah. to brain coupling. <laughs> a story doesn't have to be a personal story, something that happened to you. It could be something that you read. It could be a case study, you know, a type of case study, a customer example, a customer story. Those are case studies, or those are stories as well. So you really have to broaden out how, what, you, what we think of as stories. And stories don't, don't have to be three minutes of your pitch. I mean, if, if you're tr- trying to talk to a, trying to convince a customer or a potential customer or client about your uh, service or product, a simple case study, you know, or a simple 30 seconds about, here, here's how I worked with so-and-so. Let me give you an example. That's a story. Doesn't, you don't have to overthink right. it. Right, and I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't have any interesting stories like that, or I'm not creative. So you've got so many resources um, for the listeners out there that are thinking, well, I don't have any personal stories. You can take a, a, an article or a piece of research or a case study, as you said, and give those people uh, personalities and act it out on stage and make it feel real and tangible. And then those people are with you, and they will remember those numbers. They will remember those facts. Let me give your listeners a, a perfect example that they might be able to learn from. Uh, it's not in the book because this just happened recently. Uh, Bono, the U2 star, right, the U2 singer, actually gave a TED Talk in March. Uh, believe it or not, you know, a rock star given a presentation. Yeah. But it, it was very cool, and he talks about uh, the work on poverty and what they're doing in third world countries. A lot of data, mm-hmm. a lot of data. It's interesting because what he does is he takes the data, and this is a beautiful template for, for anybody to use. You have a data, you have a statistic, and it's followed by a real example of a person. So he'll say the data shows that you know, XYZ people are getting, are getting help in Africa that they didn't have a few years ago. Here's one example. Here are two children who I met, and then he'll show a photograph of the kids. So in other words, take the data, bring the data alive. I like to think of it like that. Bring the data alive. Wrap the data around a story. That's great. It's not about the data. It's about the story that supports the data. Absolutely. No, that's a great That's a great example. And it's so powerful for entrepreneurs because they're in the business of influencing, whether it's their team, their customers, their investors, their board, whoever. And you talk also in here about um, the importance of novelty, of, of teaching something new. And I think it's very easy for people to kind of cling to cliches or, how's everybody doing? I said, how's everybody doing? You know, they just kind of go with what they've seen other people do, and they're kind of nervous, and it's this yeah. security blanket. So tell me a little bit about why it's so important to put yourself out there and say something new that will be memorable. Yeah, that was the, that's the toughest chapter for me. The, uh, the portion of the segment on novelty was definitely the hardest to write, I'll be honest with you, because it, it's important. Uh, neuroscientists are finding that the brain, naturally, the way we've evolved, I mean, you know, we're, we're constantly looking for something new and exciting. Uh, one neuroscientist told me the brain always looks for something new, uh, surprising, and delicious. <laughs> That's what he did. So something delicious, you know. <laughs> And if you think about it, we had to look outside the cave, you know, we had to start looking around the corner, what's out there? So you always have to present information in a way that's 
shocking or surprising or unexpected. It doesn't have to be that complicated, okay? Because uh, Steve Jobs actually gave one of the greatest presentations of all time in business in 2007 when he introduced the iPhone for the first time. And he walked out and he said, I've got three products to introduce today from Apple. We have a new MP3 player. For the first time, we're going to introduce a phone, and we'll tell you about that. And uh, the third product is a new device that helps you connect to the Internet faster. Hmm. Great. You know, and everyone's applauding. Oh, this is great. Yeah, can't wait to hear about the three products. And then he repeated the three products several times, and he said, aren't you getting it? They're not three products. It's one product, and we're calling it the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Uh, unexpected. Surprising. Exactly. People expected three products. Right unexpectedness, novelty, something that's surprising, shocking. Uh, That's why I don't like to create uh, presentations, for example, or PowerPoints. I don't mind PowerPoint, but the point is if you just create a presentation that looks exactly like every other presentation that people see, which is text, bullets, text, bullets, charts, tables, charts, tables, um, people are just going to glaze over because they've seen it a million times and they don't like it. It's not engaging. So you do have to think a little differently, too, about how how you create the presentation itself. Can I give you an example yeah, that just happened uh, recently? Uh, okay, and this is really good because it goes to data. Uh, I worked with someone at a company who uh, has to present data to the executive board. So it's all statistics data. Her PowerPoint is typically charts and data. That's That's what they expect. Uh, so rather than that, I said, let's, let's at least put a face behind the data. So I suggested the executives walk into the room and they see faces of people that are put on these poster boards and they're going to be put up around the room. And they're going to look around and say, well, okay, what's it? this is a little strange. I've never seen this before. And then she'll get up there and say uh, something along the lines of, you might be uh, wondering what these faces are all about. These are the faces of these type of users who are on our website. Are they happy or are they frustrated? And if they're frustrated, what kind of experience is that going to do and, and what, how is that going to impact our company? That's what I'm going to talk to you about today is how these people feel about our website. Mm. So in other words, now all of a sudden it, it, it's different. It's completely different than all of the other updates that those executives are going to hear for the quarter, right? It's like a quarterly update. Uh, All the other departments are going to give exactly the same thing, and hers is going to be the most memorable. And yet hers is the most data-heavy. So so you have to think about the way you present information in a novel, unexpected way. I love that. That's a great example. Something, too, for our leaders to take away when they're building presentations, whoever that's for, is just to think about it differently. Because it's easy to get in the day-to-day routine just to try to get by. But if you'll just take that extra time to make it interesting, to make it different, it's going to be so fun to watch how energized your team is, how delighted they are, how much they remember it and also embrace what you've taught or influenced them. Oh, and Krista, you don't even have to use high-tech tools, right? okay? You, something different is actually going back to old school. Okay, I, I, I saw a, a video not too long ago of Bill Gates, and he was explaining a complex topic, and he took out a white notepad, <laughs> and he drew it for you. And that was unexpected. <laughs> it's all beautiful. The PowerPoint guy is using an old uh, notepad, white paper. right. right. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So we go to the flip chart. Get away from the slides every once in a while. So complement the slides with going to the whiteboard and sketching something out or a flip chart or getting the audience involved. So there's so many different ways. But have fun with it. It doesn't have to be a dry, stale presentation the way all presentations have been made for 
for many years. Right, and if you're not having fun making it and you're not having fun practicing it, I promise you no one's going to have fun watching it <laughs> because oh, that's a good point. You know, if you're, if you're already point, bored yeah. and you don't even have an audience member yet, that's probably not a good sign. I hadn't thought of it that way. That's a very good point. Yes. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, actually. Let's talk about practice. You know, when you talk about in your book, uh, many people say, well, I'm not a natural public speaker. I'm not, that doesn't come naturally to me like it does to other people. But you really unpack the importance of practice and talk a little bit about what this looks like. Like, how can someone that is not comfortable and doesn't know how to give presentations really become good through practice? Uh, practice is essential. Practice, rehearsal. Most uh, leaders who I work with uh, who are delivering a presentation or even, you know, certainly a mission-critical presentation, they spend so much time on the slides. It's all about the slides. 99% of their time is on the slides. Yeah, I don't like the font on slide 327. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have slide no, 327. <laughs> And who cares about the font? That's not what they're going to remember. And they spend so little time actually rehearsing the presentation. Mm -hmm. I want to walk out there being confident and comfortable with my material, knowing where I'm going next. Right. People get really nervous. Okay, obviously, many, many, most of us are nervous about public speaking in some way. People get nervous when they don't practice, they don't rehearse it, they, they haven't internalized it. But if you've, already, if you've already gone through the entire presentation 30 times, yeah. What's 31? Right, exactly. Well, yeah. and two, it, it helps so many things. Like, for one, it helps you remember the information and internalize it. And you really can't have fun on stage when your mind is going 100 miles an hour trying to remember what's the next line, what's the next slide, when do I hit this point? Because then point. you're not having fun Great on stage. Point. But when you know it, when you know what comes next, then you can breathe and you can pause and you can smile and you can make eye contact and you can really have fun. And then the audience will feel that. But if they feel your nervousness, if they feel you trying to remember your lines, then they're nervous too. They're going to emulate what you're, you know, showing on stage. And so I think it's so fun if you can first practice just to remember the information. And then the next step is to practice to really allow yourself to find ways to say it better. Um, you know, you can tell a story and you're like, wait a minute, let me change the way that I make the inflection of my voice here. It'll make it more impactful. And I did that just for a, a talk that I did at Entree Leadership one day in Grand Rapids two days ago. I practiced it several times and thought, oh, I can say this part of the story a little different and it'll make it funnier. And it got a huge laugh, but that happened through me discovering that through practicing multiple, multiple times so you can hear yourself. And Christy, let me uh, relate this to our audience even more specifically. It doesn't have to be like a public course, presentation. Sure. It can be something like something as simple as a job interview or a pitch to a client. But I was contacted by a uh, college student who graduated during the summer, and I guess he did not get the memo that it's really hard out there for a college student <laughs> to get a job. Don't he didn't get that, get that, that memo. So, <laughs> so he uh, he got a wonderful startup job in San Francisco at a at a startup uh, on his third try. But he told me that he practiced his sales pitch. So in other words, he studied the company really, really well, and then he went into the interview after, after practicing like how he would explain the company. He practiced the pitch for about eight hours over the course of several days, mm -hmm. went into the interview, uh, nailed the interview, and get this, they called him back, uh, or when, once they hired him, they said, can we record that pitch because it's better than our salespeople do? <gasps> wow. Isn't that interesting? What an awesome Young story. Young kid right out of college. Is better, but, but why? Because he internalized the content and he practiced it. So when they asked him, so what do you know about our company? Or how would you describe our, our software? 
pow, you can nail it. That's practice. Right. That's rehearsal. Absolutely. And then you cut out all the stutters. You cut out all the ums. You know, you, you just nail it. And that's that's so important. It's important for confidence, but it's also important for them really getting that you know what you're talking about. All of these key things that we hit today, from passion to storytelling to practice, are really the highlights that... I took away from the book, but also specifically um, for our business leaders that they can implement in whatever business they're in and whoever they're trying to influence. But there's so many other tips in this book, Talk Like Ted, um, that they can take away from. So for you guys out there listening, I just really highly recommend Carmine Gallo's book, Talk Like Ted. It's the nine public speaking secrets of the world's top minds, and it has great tips, practical advice of how you can implement some real basic practices to become a better public speaker. And whether that's influencing someone in a boardroom or influencing your team or just a small group of people um, in a meeting. You want to make sure that you really internalize some of these concepts. It's going to make you a better business person, but more effective communicator. Carmine, where can people uh, catch up with you and uh, follow you and find out more about your, your books and everything that you're working on? Please follow me at CarmineGallo.com. Okay. It's a good Italian uh, name. It's hard, okay. to, hard to forget. <laughs> Uh, and in that case, if they go to the website, they can certainly sign up for my newsletter, and I try to share content with them every week. And a talk like Ted is available everywhere. And I'm proud to say we just got word that it's the number one business book in Europe wow. as well. So uh, that's, yeah, it's, it's the number one public speaking book in the U.S. and number one business book overall. Wow. It's global, which I love. Uh, you know, public speaking, it, it crosses every language. Everybody wants to be a better presenter and public speaker. Absolutely. And that's such a testimony to what I want these business leaders to hear. This is not just a public speaking book. It is a business book. And it applies to them and will make a big difference in their business, but also just in their life as a professional as well. Um, well, Carmine, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I really could talk to you all day about this stuff. I love talking about public speaking and also business. Um, but this has been really helpful, I think, for our leaders, but also for me as well, just as a reminder of some of these tips and best practices that we can do to become better communicators and better influencers. So I really appreciate you taking the time to spend with us today. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. All right, that was Carmine Gallo, the book Talk Like Ted Christie. That had to be fun for you as I listen to that. You're like totally nerding out. I know I was <laughs> geeking out on communication tips like that. Something else that as you're sitting there, and again, you're so polished and you do so much speaking in <laughs> front of you. thousands, but you're listening to that. Something else that you wrote down, an aha moment maybe. Sure. The number one thing that these leaders can do is to practice. And mm. it is uncomfortable and it is awkward. And it is <laughs> so often underrated. People think, oh, you're either a natural presenter or you're not. But I can tell you how I speak today is drastically different than how I was five years ago. Practice will make you a better presenter. Now, real quick follow up for you, because I want you to address this. For me, uh, it's hard for me to practice in front of no one. You sure. know, but I know some people can do it. Sure. So I want your thoughts. Um, for me, I would have to be in front of people. But when you can't be in front of people, how do you try to stay focused on the practice when you got this dead room, which I know is difficult for people like you and I? Sure, it's really difficult. But I would say there's two different reasons you want to practice, and both are important. The first reason you practice by yourself is just to get the information. Right. Because if you're trying to remember your lines, you're not going to be effective in your animation and changing your tone and pauses and even just having fun on stage. You 
can't have fun when you're trying to remember what you say next. Yeah. And so the first step to practice is just to get and memorize the main points of your information. And the second step is to become really polished. So I think it's more important to have an audience for the second part so you can see how to gauge their responses, whether they laugh or if they look like they're maybe not getting it and how you can change things mm. based on that. Yeah. But the first step is really just so you get the information and you're not reading your notes. All right, real quick, tell us for folks who can connect with you. Your blog's blowing up. Give us your blog and Twitter. Okay, christywright.com. We've got great articles on leadership and life. And then my Twitter handle is at Christy B. Wright. There you go. So make sure you get the B in there. And that's W-R-I-G-H-T, christywright.com and at Christy B. Wright. That's a cool thing because you're B. Wright. <laughs> I like that. Well. That may be your new nickname on the road. <laughs> I might try it. that and see if you like it. I'll take it. All right. Well, hang with us. She's not going anywhere. We're really excited about this. Now, Christy, you know, we've been giving away books. And a quick explanation. Sometimes Eric gets the 50 books we want, and sometimes we don't. He is like the Santa Claus of business podcasting. You're so amazing. Our podcast producer, Eric Anthony. So here's the deal. He got five of the Carmon Gaila books. So here's what you got to do. You know how we do this. You tweet the phrase I'm about to give you, and Eric puts the names in a hat, and we pick the winners, and he gets you the book. So here is the phrase. I asked Christy before we started recording today, what do you think in a word that the Carmine Gallup interview conversation the book was about? She said it's influence. Even though it's communication, it is. it's communicating for influence. And so here is our phrase today. The at Entree Leadership Podcast is pure influence. Your phrase, to tweet, to qualify to win, the at Entree Leadership Podcast is pure pure influence tweet away and hopefully you win a book hey also uh, we want to give away something else john falcons who you know well is our director of coaching and he did a video for us a three-minute takeaway based on the conversation that christy had with carmine gallo this is really good this is very practical and uh, we think it will help you so we want you to check it out all you got to do is go to entreleadership.com slash podcast Click on the Carmine Gallo interview and then go to the link on that page for the coaching video. EntreeLeadership.com slash podcast. Click on the Carmine Gallo interview and you cannot miss the coaching video. Three-minute free takeaway from our coach, John Falcons. I know that will help you in a very practical way. Now, this is exciting, Christy, because we got the grand poobah of all <laughs> things Entree Leadership. Daniel Tardy joining us in the studio. Daniel, you've got the big announcement, the big winners of the ticket giveaway for the Entree Leadership Summit. Drum roll, please, Eric. All right, Daniel, who is our lucky winner? Well, thank you, Ken. And you know what? Actually, I was talking with our team and I said, It'd be fun if we could do something for more than just one person. Maybe we could throw uh, some consolation prizes in here. So uh, this is what they came up with. Five people, third prize consolation winners, uh, or actually we're going to send them our Entree Leadership book. So uh, Entree Leadership book out to five lucky people. And that's going to be Chrissy Zivok, Sherry Brady, J.P. Goins, Greg Furlick, and Carrie Nesbitt. So be looking for a book coming your way. And then we said, well, let's have a, a second prize that's a little bit more than that, a little bit more value. And the team said, man, it'd be cool if we could give them one of our all-access memberships. So as we talk about frequently on the podcast, all-access is the place that business owners can come in and get online coaching, get access to our team. Of course, the entire Entree Leadership Master Series video library and on and on and on mastermind groups. This is our primary way of staying engaged with business owners in a month in, month in, uh, month out rather type basis. So all access, one year membership valued at $3,000. Uh, second prize, we're giving this to 
Jay Calloway. So Jay will be our newest All Access member. And then the grand prize, of course, we got one winner, but she gets to bring a friend or a business partner or a spouse. Grand prize trip for two to the Omni La Costa Resort in San Diego, California. The hardest part of my job is going and doing site visits at incredible resorts like this. But, I, you know, somebody's got to make sure that it's fantastic for our guests. And believe me, it is. So this is fun. Uh, Tanya Douglas. Tanya, you are the winner. And you are going to get to join us in May at the Entree Leadership Summit event. It's going to be a lot of fun. And this event will completely revolutionize your business, help you transform yourself, your team, and your profits using these Entree Leadership principles. And we are excited to have you come as our guest. All right, again, congratulations. And for those of you who have yet to sign up for this event, we're giving a one week only, I'm told, $500 discount, which is substantial, Christy. It is. $500 discount That's a lot on of money. a very premium, <laughs> premium ticket price. One week only. You go to entreleadership.com slash summit. That's entreleadership.com slash summit. And by the way, Christy will be there. She's going to be giving an amazing talk. I'm assured that she's going to use some of the tips she learned from Carmine. Is this true? Absolutely. Want to implement those right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. She is amazing. She will join John Maxwell, Pat Lencioni, and uh, Dave Ramsey, Chris Hogan, and the list goes on and on and on. Daniel Lappin. It is going to be a phenomenal event. May 11 through 14, entreleadership.com slash summit. Sign up now to get the $500 discount. Well, uh, that is going to do it for this edition of the podcast. As always, I want to thank Eric Anthony, our podcast producer, special guest co-host, and our conductor of the interview conversation this week, Christy Wright. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Check her out again, ChristyWright.com. Her blog is blowing up. Nothing else. Go to her website and search the Southwest.com article. Hello. That was unbelievable. <laughs> Great story. And check her out on Twitter at Christy B. Right. That's W R I G H T. Well, folks, we always appreciate you. And on behalf of the entire Entree Leadership team, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk with you again very soon. 